0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the My Voice Mentor podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm actually currently gearing up for the coming 2023 season. So in the meantime, we're not going to be running reruns. We're going to continue to run weekly episodes, except instead of it being a full video and audio podcast, it's just going to be audio. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, not much is going to change. But if you're one of my YouTube watchers and listeners, you're just going to have to Watch the animated audiogram for now, but don't worry. We're coming back in January with all brand new episodes with amazing guests. So the My Voice Mentor podcast is all about people using their voice in amazing ways. It's not just for singers. It's also public speakers, content creators, and really anyone who wants to improve the tonal impact and the sound of their voice. So stick around. There's a lot coming And I look forward to seeing you in 2023. So let's get right into today's topic. I think it's the biggest problem that most people, most singers, most public speakers, most talkers, maybe you're neither of those things, maybe you're not a speaker or a singer. Do you like your voice? You're using it. You might use it to talk to your children, talk to your parents, talk to your friends, talk to your coworkers, talk to your boss. That same voice might need to ask for a raise one day. Do you like the sound of your voice? Do you like the sound of your voice? The voice is the most incredible instrument ever created, but so many of us don't like the sound of our voice. I want to try to cure people of that by maybe changing your mindset, changing your thinking about why you should like your voice. In fact, I would say the most equal thing that we all have, truly the most equal instrument that we have is our voice. We're not all born with the ability to become optimal physical people. You might not have been born with a arm or a leg, or in my case, I have a vision disability, pretty severe one was born with it. I don't see very well, but I was given a voice. Now, in my lifetime, I have encountered a very small number of people who actually did not have a voice. And even those people had a voice. One of the most powerful things I ever heard, I was in a prayer circle at my church, and one of the guys in that actually did not have use of his voice at all, could not make a sound. And one of the other guys asked him if he would pray for us. And about two minutes of silence went by and the guy who asked him to pray, I've never forgot it, never will forget it. He said, that was the loudest prayer I've ever heard. Whoa. Even those who don't have a voice have a voice. You have a voice. But specifically talking about the mechanical instrument that's inside of your larynx it's a pretty simple well i say simple i couldn't design anything quite so awesome but in its simplicity it's two folds that come together and vibrate to make sound that we then in our ears judge and say oh that's a good sound or that's not a good sound but we all have them and pretty much they're indistinguishable one from another you take a guy that's Two hundred and twenty pound bodybuilder, or sixty pound guy or girl with not a lot of strength, they're going to have pretty much identical voices. It's the equal playing ground, and what it tells me is that there was some purpose in us all having a voice of equal design. Of course, some voices are high, some voices are low, some voices are deep, some are thin, but. They all have the same basic function. So why do so many of us humans come to the conclusion that we don't like our voice? Do you think a canary decides so he wakes up one day and says, "Eh, you know, I'm not going to sing today. I don't don't like my voice. Of course not. Of course not. Your voice is so much more complex and wonderful and beautiful than, than a bird. It never even occurs to them to not like their voice. Why would it occur to us that we don't have a good voice? I spend most of my time as a voice coach, it's actually not working on exercises or building your skill. Most of the time I spend dealing with unhealthy mindsets as it relates to the voice. Because I think most people have the wrong conception about the voice, they would make the wrong assumptions. An assumption they make is you either got it or you don't, and it's a lie. I'm just here to tell you that's not true. I don't care who you are, you can change your voice. Now, when I say change your voice, I don't mean change it from something that it is to something that it is not, it's impossible. But what you can do is you can optimally return to the proper way that your voice was intended to be used. In other words, you're becoming more like your true voice, not less. I never encourage people to put on a facade. Believe it or not, your true voice is your best voice. The one that you were given before life kicked in and discouraged you or told you that you don't have a good voice. You do. You do. Do you believe me? Do you believe that you have a good voice or are you skeptical? I hear what you're saying that guy has a good voice and that girl has a good voice. I believe it for everybody else, but not me. Anybody in that boat? When was the last time you heard your voice recorded and then you play it back and you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea I sounded like that. I'm just curious. Maybe I'm blowing hot air. Maybe you love your voice, but you're listening. You're listening, which tells me maybe it's striking a chord with you. But as a voice coach, like I said, I spend most of my time talking to people about their voice. And in fact, it's always a funny thing that occurs when I'm finishing up a session with a new or developing voice student. It really doesn't matter. Sometimes it happens even six years into voice training. There'll be this passing of the time where one student is walking out while another one is coming in. And <laughs> there's this look of shock on the, on the one coming in because the, the one leaving is crying. And they look at me like, what just happened? I said, yeah, it'll be you before long. And It's kind of a joke because it's like a lot of times people leave a voice session with me with tears, not because I devastated them, but because they learned something about themselves that they didn't know. Something was unlocked or a truth was unlocked. And such as girls, by the way, as some of us who have pursued voice lessons or a voice coach, you don't really anticipate that There's this deep emotional connection with your voice because it is you. A guitar, I can play. A piano, I can play. But I'm not the piano. And the piano isn't me. I'm not the guitar. The guitar isn't me. If it's an improperly built guitar or an improperly tuned piano, no matter how well I play it, it's going to sound right. And I can say, well, it's not my playing. That's the problem. My playing was fine. That instrument was not tuned properly. But when you are the instrument, if you don't think it sounds good, if you're the instrument, and I'm not just talking about singing, I'm talking about speaking as well. It's still an instrument. It's still musical. Every time you make sound with your voice, it's musical because we're musical beings. But if you don't think it sounds good, You can't blame anybody but yourself. So that creates self-loathing or a little bit of harshness and unkindness. And sometimes that unkindness comes from external sources. People tell you, oh my gosh, you're tone deaf. Don't ever do that again. That's not for you. You're not a singer. Oh my gosh, when you were talking, I was great, like nails on a chalkboard. Some of us have heard things like this. Maybe some of you have heard something like this. That's why I'm here, guys. That's why I'm here. I I, I want to be the guy that speaks truth to you about your voice. Ah, it looks like we have Andrea. We'll see if we can get you in here. Thank so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. You're my first
1: guest ever. That's so cool. How lucky am I? I just had to be the bold one because... I've had so much experience with this. And so I thought it only fair that I do the vulnerable thing. I've been broadcasting, speaking, announcing, talking. (laughs) I'm 50. I've been doing it since I was like 17. I was in youth and government and debate society when I was in high school. So that counts as well. I was also in, what do they used to call it? You know, the government, the governmental high school thing. Right, where you know, really right. I, I know about like young Republicans. That's the way like, I'm in Texas. So that <laughs> I grew up in Texas. Yes, there you so go. You, there we you did go. all kind of stuff like that. I got to go to the Capitol and Austin and debate bills brilliant. and all kind of stuff. Yes. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And then when I got out, I did, of course, Toastmasters. And then I was an English major in college. And then I went to the Army and I went to the Defense Information School and did broadcast journalism. And then I got out. So, of course, throughout all that time, I grew up in Texas, so my natural accent is way more Southern than this. People in the North typically say I sound Southern and people in the South say I sound North, but <laughs> but for broadcast journaling, it was just too much. So I had to kind of gloss over my sudden draw. But because of the way I talk, I've always been told, oh, you speak too proper, you talk white, whatever that. Oh wow! And then when I got out of the army back then, it was like 20 years ago and military training didn't transfer back then like it does now. So I was told that I couldn't go into broadcast journalism in the corporate world because it didn't translate. Even though in the military, you learn how to do everything, TV, radio, everything, everything. <laughs> they didn't know that back then. So, yeah, I had to overcome a whole lot of your voice isn't good enough and isn't quite right. And then, of course, I just always grew up not liking to hear myself on recordings. Back then, we used to have to hit record on the tape recorder. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember. When was the first time you ever remember feeling like you didn't like your voice? Oh, back when it was a tape recorder and you had to hit record and we would record songs on the radio or you were trying to send somebody a low Love Jam tape. (laughs) <laughs> and you'd be like, this is for you, or do a voicemail. Oh, hi, thanks for I used to hate recording voicemails and stuff on the old fashioned voicemail recorder and stuff like that. I hated it. Was it like a shock because you heard your voice or did somebody else say something? To be honest, with anybody else ever did that to me, I don't remember it ever mm-hmm. happening. I just always felt like I sounded weird on a recording. And I actually remembered when I stopped feeling that way. Okay. What led to that? So I was the first female voice of the 3rd Infantry. So whether it was a re-ceremony or whether it was ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States or, you know, all these different big, huge ceremonies that they do in Washington, D.C., my job was to announce all that stuff. And I think it was one of those things when something's built up, built up, built up, and then it happens and you're like, big deal. (laughs) They they (laughs) They gave me such a hard time about doing it perfectly and it not being good enough that when I finally did it I was like "Ooh, I did that yeah you know yeah I was proud of myself and nobody was like who's that woman you know why is there a female voice nobody did that you know so I was like yeah I did that
0: all of those things that were spoken over you you're to this you're to that you're not enough experience you're not enough that all of that was proven to you in that moment that it wasn't true
1: yeah exactly And then I got to start hearing myself on professional audio recording equipment.
0: Now, okay, I'm curious because this is a big area that I deal with pretty much all of my students. That's something that I take them through because it's the best reflection. How did that impact you when you heard it with the studio, microphone, the processing, the compression, all that
1: radio stuff, whatever? How did that impact you? I think that when you just record yourself on like an old-fashioned tape recorder, there's a squeakiness in the frequency that's not really your voice, right? Yes, right. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, the more you practice, the more you get applause, the more you do it, the more you tap into your vision, and you know that what you're doing has a purpose, you're not as nervous when you talk. And so more of that squeakiness goes away. I totally agree. And... I think you hit the nail on the head.
0: I work with a lot of singers in church environments, and a lot of times because the church equipment is not that great, when they go back and listen to the live stream or whatever, it's like, oh, that sounded terrible. And I can actually help them because I'm also a producer and sound engineer. I'm like, most of that that you're hearing is bad engineering. Uh And some of it is separating because I want to help people identify areas that you want to improve, which are usually pretty narrow. Like everybody can improve. Everybody can change aspects. But it's really hard to do that when you don't have a good representation of actually what your voice sounds. Because the big disadvantage that we all have with our voice is that we don't hear our voice. Like, you don't hear it. I don't hear my voice. I mean, if you think about it, your ears are behind your mouth. Right. Your mouth is aimed in a different direction. If you try to stand behind a speaker that's playing music, you're going to get a much different experience than if you're standing in front of the speaker. And you're not standing in front of your mouth when you speak. So one of the reasons why we experience that kind of dysphoria is we experience our voice through the vibration of the bones in our skull. Mm. And you experience this when you plug your ears. When you plug your ears and vocalize, you'll hear pretty much what you hear. It's not even the eardrums picking it up. It's the vibration of the bones, which is why we tend to do things with our voice to favor what we feel, not what is actually going out and being projected So one of the things I do with all my students is, hey, let's listen to your voice from a third party. They have to experience that trauma of, okay, I've never heard my voice like that before, and it can be pretty traumatic. But would you say that your experience in broadcast helped you gain a perspective of your voice that you didn't
1: have before? (laughs) It's funny you talk about singing. (laughs) Because of the way I talk, because of how my voice sounds, everybody thinks that I can sing, like not sing, but like sing. And I can't carry a tune in a bucket, okay? Like, well, what if you can? This is why this is so <laughs> divine, because I love to sing. Music is my soul. I have a song for everything. I was probably like one of Spotify's first customers. I have CDs that I uploaded to Spotify. Nobody can do that. Okay, (laughs) and there are songs that I sing, right, because I'm a neurodivergent. I do repetitive. I sing the same songs. I listen to the same music and there are certain songs that I sing. And when I sing, my mom and my sister, who both can sing, by the way, swear up and down that I can sing. So I've been saying since I was like 18 years old, one day I'm going to open up my mouth and be singing and it's going to sound good. I have been literally standing on that since I was like 18 years old. I just well, know I, that somebody like you is going to tell me, oh, do this instead of that, and then I'm going to be singing like a songbird. 100%. 100%. I, and I, I'll, I'll I never even keep... met anybody who does what you do, by the way. I just randomly knew that.
0: Absolutely, because God wanted you to know that somebody was going to come to affirm that part of you that you felt deep in your soul to be true. I love when I have the opportunity to be that c- confirming voice to affirm. So one of the things that I do, I love it when people just talk because I've heard a lot of voices over the years. And I've never heard a voice that I said, yeah, I can't do anything with that because I believe it. A hundred percent of the people can learn to sing. They can learn to speak. They can do what you do. They can do what I do. There's nothing special about me, but a lot of hard work. That's the only main difference. But I can honestly tell you that You're an incredible communicator. You're very concise. The sound of your voice draws people in. I'm going to take my authority and just say you have a wonderful voice. You need to always be encouraged with your voice because it's unique. You're articulate. You made a comment. I always hate when I hear this, when people, and I don't know why, why we come on, like this. Come on. But when people say you sound white, you know, I, I, I don't even know, know what that means. It's self-hate is what it is. It's and and hurt, it hurts my heart. It hurts my yeah. heart because when did articulate become, you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, and, and, exactly. I'm being, and I'm being delicate, but that hurts my heart because some of the most articulate people I know of throughout history have been of all races and cultures. And, right. and when we ever convinced ourselves that yeah. those things just hurt my heart. So what I say is you sound very articulate. You you communicate your message very clearly in a way that keeps people engaged. I can tell you've been doing it a while. Mm -hmm. What I would say for you, this would be my big recommendation, that the difference between speaking and singing is more narrow than you might think. They're not two completely different things. What I would say for your singing is take what is already working for you as a speaker. You know how to talk. You've been driving that car for a long time. Don't think of singing as this completely different thing. You're basically just talking and communicating the way you have learned how to do in one platform and you're adding pitch to it. It's pretty much it. The best singers are not the best singers and I'm gonna explain that.
1: Then after you would explain that, define pitch exactly.
0: Okay, gotcha. So I have basically two categories of singers in my mind. I say the ones that are impressive, and the ones that have an imparting quality, meaning that something gets deposited into me every time I hear them. Impressive singers I would put into that category, oh, let's see, Christina Aguilera, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey in that category. Mm -hmm. The ones you listen to and you're like, oh my gosh, whoa, what an instrument, man. Just Mm -hmm. technically great. But what's interesting about them none of them are in my musical playlist.
1: Listen. I know exactly what you're saying. I'm already on page 100%. I, I don't listen to Mariah Carey.
0: I can take in small doses. like I, I can take a Mariah Carey song, but I can't listen to an album of Celine Dion. I, I can't. About after the third song, it's like I'm done being impressed. It's like, okay, you've impressed me. Okay, moving on. The singers that I listen to and that actually have the ability to invade my day are... Singers with very basic human voices. Singers like Nat King Cole, Mm -hmm. who wasn't even a singer. He was a piano player. James Taylor. Mm -hmm. Because there's something in his soul that gets departed and deposited into my Yeah, Sam Cooke, 100%. You get it. And as I started analyzing my playlist, why is it that James Taylor, this very plain, vanilla-sounding voice, when he comes in and he's like, When you're down in trouble, and you need a helping hand. Like, you got me. I'm right in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. I went and saw him in a park in Nashville over 20 years ago. Him, a stool, and a guitar. No lights, no brass, no band. That man got a standing ovation after every single song. Michael Jackson didn't get a standing ovation after every song. I saw him live, too. And he's impressive. Mm -hmm. Electrifying. James Taylor with his little guitar and his little microphone got a standing ovation after every song. That's somebody who's figured out the art of transferring the contents of their soul uh-huh. into mine. And guess
1: what? Everybody has the ability to do that. It's the psalmist. Yes. This is what gave me this idea in the first place, because this is such a spiritual conversation, even though it, we people might take it and make it technical. This is all up in the spiritual realm right here. 100, 100%. So you were asking about pitch.
0: So pitch just basically meaning the, the note. Like if you're looking at a piano, you have different pitches, which some are high, some are low.
1: Right, and okay, you know, I
0: play clarinet, so I get right. the notes. okay, so the pitch in the context of the voice, just being able to learn the right note. And a lot of times voice coaches, if they work with a singer and that singer doesn't have the ability right off, like that's the first thing they'll test. Can you hold pitch? Can you match pitch? If I sing a note, can you sing it back to me? And a lot of times when that happens and the singer can't match the pitch, the voice coach will say, thank you for coming in, but I can't do anything with you. You're tone deaf.
1: That's me. I can sing it with you, but if you stop singing, I'm probably going to mess it up.
0: Yeah. So the voice coaches will say, well, that's tone deafness. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Tone deafness has nothing to do with the voice, has nothing to do with being able to sing a pitch or match or hold a pitch. It has to do with whether or not you hear a pitch. And if you listen to music, you can hear pitches. Yes. You can hear when they're off. You can hear when somebody's singing off key or off tune. Mm-hmm. You can hear it. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between being able to hear it and being able to match it. And the only difference there is well, I'll put it this way. You know, I'm from Texas, so I'm going to use a gun analogy. I hope this doesn't offend you. But you're I'm in the military, Texas so I don't,
1: I'm <laughs> Texas, too, so come on with <laughs> <it. laughs>
0: So if I was going to go to the gun range, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not an avid shooter at all, but if I'm going to go to the gun range, my eyes can see that target. Let's say I'm inexperienced. Ex- I hold that gun up, and I'm aiming forward to the target. I pull the trigger, and I'm way off the target. Would you conclude that I'm target blind?
1: No, uh-uh. You just no. need to adjust your scope. Got to adjust the scope. I've got to learn the muscle memory if I want to be a sharpshooter. I don't even use this. And scope. I am, by a, the way. Huh? I am, by the way. There muscle. you go. Right. I, this is a good analogy for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So imagine a fire instructor or whatever you call him, looking at a guy shooting at a target for the first time, missing the target. Going, yeah, man, you're target blind. I can't work with you. I mean, that, that's unheard of. The guy needs to learn the skill and the practice. And so what I do with people that struggle with pitch is we just say, okay, that's your mountain. I'm going to give you some exercises for you to practice learning how to imagine a note in your head and being able to match it. Take some practice, but it's worth it. thing about the voice is that every investment in your voice is an investment for the lifetime. It's not true with other things. I can develop my physical
1: body. I can build muscles, but I'm not going to carry those muscles until I'm 80. That's what I was just going to say too. That's muscle memory and training that muscle. So once you exercise that muscle and train it to that capacity where it needs to go, then you're going to have that muscle memory like when you're autopilot yourself.
0: Absolutely. For the rest of your life. So the key for you is good technique, good training. If it's something that you're passionate about, guess what? It's only going to help you with your speaking. There are two tandems of the same bicycle. It's going to help you Access more dynamic range of your voice, both when you're speaking and when you're singing. You got another tool in your tool belt that you can utilize. You can use it in your communication. When you want to have more of a light, humorous voice, you, you access the higher pitches. When you want to be more deep and commanding, you use lower pitches. You learn these and you apply them to however you use your voice.
1: I also do voiceovers
0: and voice acting, so this would be excellent for me. This is such a great, conversation. And I'm so glad you you joined me when you realize that something that you thought wasn't possible actually
1: is possible. I love it. No, this is even better than what you just said. Because most coaches and teachers and leaders spend all their time talking about people thinking it's not possible. But what you just said was huge because some of us were already there. I already believe it. I just had no idea how, right? Mm-hmm. But what you just explained, you gave me the hell, and you opened my mind to see just like so many other things. So if I listen to the type of people and I use my music more disciplined than just like, oh, I don't have anything to do. I should listen to my music. No, Andrea, your music is your soul. It encourages you. It lifts your spirit. I have <laughs> a huge <breakthrough laughs> just from going back to listening to my music. But if I now add that I'm going to sing along with certain ranges and pitches and frequencies and practice, would that not prepare me even more to be in position to have actual lesson? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. Let's stay in touch. I would love to help you in any way I can on your journey. And I just say, no matter what, don't let that go. There's a reason why you have been compelled to invest in your voice. Don't let it go.
1: Promise. I got you. And I yeah. promise. Oh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you for being a blessing and a light and and elevating me. I was I was ready. I was on a cloud. I got I mean I had a to break through this past week, but this was like a gift icing like good job. Good job. And here's some more. Here's another blessing, just to let you know you're on the right track. So thank you for being a light. Thank you. I'm I-, I love it. I thoroughly enjoyed connecting with you and i'm going to be following you and i can't wait to hear what
0: comes from you in the future and let me know if there's anything i can do for you and
1: awesome to meet you i look forward to what's to come as well have a great day i love it you do the same and happy thanksgiving andrea thank you you too
0: brilliant thanks andrea for coming i love it keep doing what you're doing and guys let me just talk to you briefly about your voice you have a good voice it was created it didn't come by chance It didn't evolve. Nature doesn't have the ability to create something as awesome as your voice through natural selection. It's just impossible. I don't mean to negate science. I love science. But your voice was fearfully made. It was made. And it was made as a gift to you. And I want to help as many people as I can realize the power of their own voice within the voices power of life and death i don't think there's anything else that has that much power but in the power of your voice you have the power to build up you have the power to tear down i want to unlock as many voices as i can but in the meantime hey everybody who decided to join thanks for joining and i look forward to seeing and hearing from you soon all right god bless guys Thank you for listening to the My Voice Mentor podcast. I am so excited to bring these episodes to you every week and to do everything I can to help you find and improve your voice for a lifetime. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. And don't forget that coming in January, we're going to have full video and audio podcasts. I'm going to have weekly tips and tricks for you in the meantime. So stick around. I'm glad you all came. Can't wait to see you in the future. So have a great week and I'll see you next time.